You are listening you are to the Lost Art podcast. You are listening to the Lost Art podcast. Hello, welcome once again to the Lost Art of Podcasting. I'm here in the Key to Choir Dojo here in Blackpool. I'm joined with two very special guests. I've got my first Dan coach, Ross Goodwin. Hello. And third Dan coach, Gary Burt. Hello. So, um, of course, it is the, was the 75th birthday of Key to Choir, which is one of the oldest clubs in Europe. It, it is one of the oldest clubs, yeah. Well, it's certainly one of the oldest in the country. All in the country, so there we go. So, um, thank you for being here, guys. Essentially, it's a quick rundown of so things about Key to Choir yourselves in judo so um, who wants to start you go first. I'm happy to start <laughs> we'll start so with you Gary we've been there a lot longer yes, so, um, <laughs> so Gary why judo and why Akita Kwai it was it was really an accident so I, I tried um, karate when I was 14 or 15 didn't really love it I wasn't very flexible and um, I, I, I uh, found that I wasn't very good at the kicking side of it and um, I, I it just seemed a bit artificial, just punching and kicking air. Um, I saw the advert, on the, I saw the letters up at the window and wondered what it was. So I think like many other people over the years, I, I walked up the stairs one night when I saw the lights on. I thought, I'll, I'll go and see who it is. Came up, poked my head around the door, as most of our new members do now. <laughs> and um, that was it. I thought, wow, this, is, this looks impressive. And um, was invited on, you know, was invited, right, come on, get your shoes off, have a go. And um, I was really fortunate that the, the, the coach who was teaching that night was, was a, a, a great coach who became a, a really good friend of mine and um, was my uh, coach and mentor for many years until he passed away about five or six years ago. So, uh, yeah, it was these very stairs and it was... <laughs> It was, uh, you know, the same club, so you know, I'm really honoured to be carrying that tradition on. years ago now, 31 years maybe? <laughs> it is... Showing Gary that he's Yeah, I think this, this will be the 32nd year, yeah. So I started when I was 17, I think it was, right. just, just, or just before. But it was around, I was walking home and grabbing chips on the way home so I would have been under 17 so Raffles I wasn't, I wasn't driving Raffles <laughs> yeah. shout out to Raffles but it was yeah, <laughs> the, the thing. so yeah and uh, Ross how did you get to come to Kuda Kwai and well, get involved in judo well, well Dennis the man's obviously just like like I said for me first of all 2017 goal ticked off I'm a fan of the podcast as you know we spoke about this <laughs> and I've been trying so Bong. so I'm no, I'm no I'm not after brownie points I've been trying so hard to get on this podcast it's unreal <laughs> Well, no, same as Gary, I, I got into it by accident. I wanted to go down like the acting route, the thespian route of professional wrestling. We talk about wrestling all the time, you know, yeah. we're big fans, mm-hmm. obviously. And I was just a fan of the spectacle so much that I was willing to do anything to break into that business. So I was 14, very, very overweight uh, child, no athletic ability whatsoever, just absolute potato, spud. And uh, again, I got talking to a wrestler and he said, I'm too young to start do judo so I thought he pointed me in the direction of Kida Kawai and it took me about eight months to pluck up the courage to come down I came down um, greasy hair overweight tracksuit not much to offer not much to give and 
I just provided the opportunity just to take part. Um, straight away, I was too shy to join the kids' mat, so they just he was kind enough. Uh, James Turley was kind enough to give me a one-on-one -on -one session, and I was just so in awe of everything how it went down, and oh, I loved it. I took to it straight away, and um, the, the cool thing was I finally plucked up the courage to go back on the kids' mat. And you know, building up from there, slowly building mm -hmm. up from there. And I've seen him turn down so many kids at the door, come back in September when there's a beginner's class, and I'm thinking, well, why is he accepting me? And you know, stuff like that. And uh, obviously, very fortunate to me, fast forward 10 years, well, eight years later, I've got my downgrade, which was yeah. awesome. You know, thanks to Gary for obviously putting me through the hellacious, torturous <laughs> lineups, fighting everybody one by one every single night. But I approached uh, James on it and said, you know, I noticed when I was a kid, you were turning other kids away. So, you know, I asked him the big question, why did you accept me at the time? Yeah. But it was never answered. He says, well, look at you now. Mm. It's not the answer I wanted, but I don't know if he saw something in me. I don't know how he could have, but being the you know kid that turned up. But I'm in awe of it. I'm passionate about Kidakwai. If anyone knows me, obviously, as you know, I'm fully passionate about the sport of judo. I'm fully passionate about Kidakwai. It's one of them where Gary will back me up. It's given me too much. And I'm indebted every day to this place. Mm. I, mean, I think there's a common thing because I came into judo as a, a real lightweight. I mean, I was I was going to say the height I am now. It's about maybe, <laughs> <laughs> maybe a little bit taller. I don't know. Maybe I shrunk in the years. But so I'm five six. So I'm not tall by any stretch. Not heavy. I was I was considerably lighter then, about fifty five kilos. Wow. And the coach that I first had, he was he was I don't know. He's a bit heavier than I am now. But he was, you know, he wasn't a tall guy. He was a similar sort of height. And what I saw with him, I was like, I saw, hang on, this, this little guy's rolling. These big guys over. He's throwing them all over the place. Exactly. So this was a Colin, Colin Topper. Oh, Colin, yeah, yeah. So he, Colin was a real tactician. He was, he was somebody who was. Uh, it, it was never about the brawn. It was always about the skill. And the skill wasn't about learning it. It was absolutely about learning it inside out. And that was something I loved. From the start that I think I was lucky that I got a coach who there's a lot of different coaching styles I got a coach who was the absolute perfect coach I mean a very tactical thinker and the fact that he was you know he was a shorter guy lobbing these big guys around I thought oh, that's that's got to be good for me and I didn't need to be really flexible as well but um, interestingly the more I did judo the more flexible I became so but it was I think the other thing was I could I could get involved right from the first day so right from the very first session, the, the same principles that followed when I first came down still apply today, which is we don't force people anymore to wait for beginner's classes. You're invited straight on. You go yeah. on and you, whether it's your first day or your you know, 20th year, you'll still go on the mat and you'll go on with people, whoever's on at the, at the night. And um, so you start off, you, know, you might go on with a white belt, you might go on with a black belt and you'll learn right from the start that neither is going to hurt so, yeah I think there's a common thing there I was, I was fascinated ever since well I obviously started with James and then obviously passed over to Dennis on the senior mat and I think we got to about 2011-2012 I've always known Gary we've known each other a good well pretty much 10 years but when Gary took over as my full time coach I was open to a, a brand new world it was more the psychology route and the mindset and it was just it just opened so many doors it literally put me from you know 
set A and elevated me big time. Yeah. So all the quotes, you know, things like that, quote unquote, I take everything in like a sponge and it was just absolutely phenomenal. So the psychology behind it all, getting yourself in that mindset. And it, it's just a case of, you know, I want to win this competition because I said I'm going to win this competition. Yeah. Things like that, you know, it's, it's that simple. If you want to be happy, you can be happy. And that's how simple it is, just getting in that right mind frame and mindset. And Gary taught me all that and I, I owe him, like I said, big time. It's just cool, full circle to talk about it now in that respect. But I think, I, don't, I think, I, for me, it's about really buying into what is at the heart of judo. So the founder of ju judo, Professor Jigoro Kano, was a professor of education in Japan. He looked for a sport that was going to be challenging, but safe. So the sports around at the time, jiu-jitsu. Was whilst it was competitive, it had a nasty habit of occasionally somebody would get very, very injured or die. Death wasn't yeah. unusual. So what happened was, sadly, <laughs> so what happened was judo was a sport, was made to be a safer version of what was a very dangerous martial art. Mm. So what you've done is you've taken a lot of the good things about martial arts, but taken out the bad things. So a lot of the most dangerous moves are still gone. Yeah. But in terms of its heritage, a lot of the moves don't just go back you know, to the start of judo. They're variations of movements which go back hundreds of years and in the fighting arts in Japan. And so whilst some of the movements, you, you can do them and you can think, well, that's quite interesting. For many of them, there are stories behind them that go right back to samurai days. So there were particular throws were done to be able to cope with particular samurai movements. So there's a, there's a little great history. Even the way we bow and raise relevant to obviously the samurai, how they draw the sword, things like that. So everything stays relevant to yeah. well, the, you know, the script of where it originated from. Mm. I think that's one of the things that a lot of parents like. They, they want the discipline. And I think the, the single biggest mistake people think is, is it's about the discipline from the coach. It's not. It's about learning self-discipline. So I had, I, I, you know, being, being shorter, I, I think, we, I think nowadays instead we were bullied. It was just you had a tough time at school. But funny enough, funny enough, after starting, it wasn't long after judo, and I just didn't. And it wasn't because I was, you know, suddenly really, really good. It wasn't because I was suddenly much bigger or stronger. It was because I was much more confident, and I had the confidence to not yeah. um, be in awkward situations and not to, um, you know. We, we talk about being confident in situations and I think one of the things we try and teach people is if they can understand their confidence the way people treat them changes for the positive so not only do they start to be less trouble perhaps in dangerous situations they also come over more confident in job interviews yeah. when they're talking to people so you start to lose the fear you, you felt it, Ross? Uh, 100% I can like again I can bring it I can talk about it all day long everything that I've gone on to achieve career-wise, has all been related to judo. I'm now in the fitness industry again. I've got myself in reasonable condition, knowledge behind it, the confidence, the presence, everything is related from judo. Uh, particularly the confidence, like I said, I was, I was the shyest kid around, never put my hand up in school. You know, it's typical as that, head, head down in the street. And now you walk with a certain confidence and, and pride. Uh, you step onto the mat down here and you belong to something. You know, you're part of a, a really, really prestige team that are dedicated and passionate to help you. It's, it's the open-mindedness, you know, if someone steps on the mat for the first time, I'll learn off them and they'll learn off me and that's the way we've always ran it down here.
can learn off absolutely anybody. Yeah. I think the other thing, which hopefully is good for people, is once once you walk through the door, the rest of the world stays at the door. You come in, and it doesn't matter what you've done, how bad a day you've got, nobody knows. And yeah. They don't. You don't have to share it. You, your life could be really not going too well. You can walk on the mat and you can start to go right. I'm going to have a positive time now. I'm going to get rid of the energy. I'm going to commit to this. I'm going to give everything my effort. I know. Over time, what happens is you start finding a lot of things in your life get straightened out. And I think the more I've read into the history of martial arts, the more about judo, the more about coaching, and particularly about the um, the history and the teachings of the more I can start to bring that into the classes and we you know what happens is you then pass on those lessons to the next generation and it isn't about you know huge pieces of mindfulness it's about short simple things that you try to help people understand that can make big differences in their lives yeah and I think as a parent you try and do it with your children as well but certainly you try to bring it in the class yeah and, and one thing a coach uh, certainly Ross and I will both do is we will we will absolutely but in a positive way call out really negative mm. destructive behaviours yeah. yeah. you know and if I, I can give you one example one example was a, a, a player who came down and you know he was a, he was a big lad um, not a lot of confidence head low when he was being attacked he'd had a habit of falling over and and really He's, you know, he came down and he stuck with it, and we said, you know, don't, don't fall over. You know, people might be better than you initially in the technique, but make them work for it. Yeah. Because you falling over isn't about the judo. It's about you not having the confidence to yeah. be able to stand up to the attack. It's about you really not feeling you're worthy of being an opponent. Yeah. And that's that. That just those simple things of don't fall over. Don't be thrown there's another one of that again I love them quotes and them analogies one of them yeah. quotes there's another I think like the first thing that you learn in judo is to pick yourself up after falling over mm. obviously we learn break falls we learn how to fall safely but again the very first thing you learn in judo is how to get up after you've fallen yeah. again as deep as that mm -hmm. gets that's what I've always taken from it as well so a great example obviously of like we're describing. Are we like to swear on this podcast? Yeah. Oh, okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's break out the good stuff then. <laughs> I'm, waiting for, I'm waiting for Gary to jump in with knobheads. Yeah, that's so. it. That's <laughs> waiting for him to drop the knobheads. Well, you know, we've been very tamed. I, I think, think one, it was because we didn't realise we could. Well, one word for me that comes out though is, is which we're really big on is, is responsibility. Yeah. About taking responsibility for your actions. Mm. So, it, you know, you'd see me driving my kids mad with this, and, and I'm sure. You know, we do it on the, the thing and, you know, the students and the, uh, the other players get wound up. But it's a really important lesson, you know, to take responsibility for what you're doing, for your behaviour and what you're doing. If you come on, it's up to you whether you give 100%, yeah. you know. But if you're not putting the effort in, you've got no one else to blame. If you're not yeah. making the progress, there's no one else to blame. You take responsibility. Yeah. So if somebody you're fighting gets hurt, you take responsibility. You might not have intended it, but you learn from that. And I think that the really important thing, and that's for me, that's certainly one of the lessons that if you want to change, put the effort in, you know, and don't don't come out with excuses. You will have a very very short. It, it's a very short discussion if we start to hear excuses. And 
because there's such a such a, um, a barrier to improving. As soon as you start putting reasons why you can't do things, you're starting to program yourself for failure. So I think one of the things we do straight away, and people will pick up on this, they'll do it the first couple of times, and the others will look around and think, that's, that's not a behaviour that Gary or Ross is going to tolerate, because it's not a great thing to do. I, I can't do that. No, no, you haven't learned it yet. Yeah. That's not, you know, you can't do that. So when you say, I can't do that, that starts to become self-fulfilling. I, I can't do that. No, you haven't learned it yet. So give yourself time to learn it. I can't be a black belt. Yes, you can. Well, it's city, possible. Again, if you city. don't become a black belt, you take responsibility for not becoming a black belt. Because yeah. you've not turned up. Mm. Don't put an excuse. Don't come out with, I'm, I'm injured. Because every, every black belt's had a hospital visit or a couple of sore or two. Have you? Have you? I have, yeah, God, yeah. <laughs> well... No, I was a brown belt. I didn't even make it to black belt before my first. Oh, one. no, no, mine were before black. But yeah, on the journey on to the black. On the journey, absolutely, yeah. Tell me about it. <laughs> and yeah. it's, not, it's not that you're being dangerous. It's that you were committed. I absolutely got stuck into a fight and it went for absolutely hell for leather and got landed on my head and, you know, a night, a night in hospital with concussion and a few weeks off. But you come back. And I think that... that They'll, that's why coaches will not take excuses. They're not, they're not infallible superhero <laughs> judo players. They're normal people who've had the same injuries, the same problems with work, the same aches, pains, the same, I can't get that technique right, and they've got past it. And we know it can be overcome, so we know straight away from experience that it can be all overcome. So we don't like these excuses. We, again, we can go cliche as it is, we've heard them all. Yeah. You name it, we've heard them all. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I think, um, and, and I think when people start to get it, when they initially, you know, people come back and say, "Oh, that's, that's, that's just whatever." They're just coming out with it. But as soon as they start to think about it, and they start to stop themselves doing it because they hear themselves like, "I'm going to stop that," because Gary will put me up on it, or Ross will put me up on it, then we start to see the change. And we, this is when people will start to see the benefit, not just in the judo. But in terms of their, their lives as well, yeah. you know, because you know, we'll we'll do it. We will we will challenge people if we're seeing behaviours that are not positive. Mm. Like I can't do this. Why can't you do it? What's stopping you getting up in the morning? You know, there was a, there was one a couple of weeks ago, and uh, a player came down. And he said, oh, "I'm really tired. I was up at eight o'clock." And another player turned around. <laughs> no, <it's laughs> Hang on, no, this is not acceptable. I was up at three o'clock and I was, you know, driving the van. And I'm here and I'm not complaining about being tired. Doesn't matter if you're tired, don't complain about it. Mm. And, that, and then you start to see those behaviours, which is, if you want to change it, get up and do it. If you're tired, you know, either go to bed early or look after yourself. Because if someone else has got up at three o'clock and he's still here, then you've had a good day, you've, you've had a good line. Absolutely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's simple as that. But we, you surround yourself with good people down here, and it, you can't help but be in a positive mindset. As soon as you step on the mat, mm. you've had a, a bad day, you're feeling negative, you're feeling low. Honestly, as soon as you get on the mat, there's so much positivity happening. You just can't help but embrace that. You can't help getting someone come around and leather you for yes. <laughs> two hours. <laughs> we will. We don't like that. Yeah, absolutely. We will. We will. I think one of the one of the one of the most interesting things is that you, you think that you know if you, if you speak to a lot of people and the 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 impression of a, of a black belt I think is someone who's an expert 
But actually, if you look at what the Japanese understanding of a black belt is, that's that's someone who's really just started their journey. It's someone who's completed the basics. Yeah. So getting a black belt is not the end of the journey. It's the yeah. start of your learning. That's the basics are done. I have more goals in the sport now of being a black belt than I did as a white belt, brown belt, on that journey combined. I have mm. so many goals now. I feel like I'm just at the start of the journey. Nowhere near my peak. Literally, just day one, started. I'm a beginner, and I'm on this journey. I've got so many goals. When I was a white belt, brown belt, I only pretty much had one goal, get the black belt. Now that you got it, the goals are just falling in line. and It's, it's phenomenal. It's, it's amazing, but you hit it on the head. Doesn't mean you're an expert. To me, yeah. it means you're a beginner. You've got your tools, and now you're on your own journey. You climb the ladder of the coloured belts, and then you get to the top, and then you start walking. Simple as that. You're looking at me, and going, my my competing days, <laughs> my goals. I'm, I'm reliving my past now. I'm, I'm winding down, bringing up my glory days. Well, and I think I think what happens is, as a coach, you, you don't, you know. You have to be careful about this, I think. But one of the things as a coach is, one of the really pleasurable things is that your success comes from seeing other people, helping other people achieve their success. So, so your success is, it's not through other people. It's it's you're helping other people achieve it themselves. Mm. You know, you you the job of a coach for me really really simply is is to help people achieve more than they thought they could. Yeah. Hopefully, that's a lofty goal. But it, it's to really help people achieve. But that that journey doesn't stop. You know, it might be oh, I can't beat him. Okay, we can work on that. I can't get that next grade. I can't. I can't get the down grade. I can't win that competition. I can't win that fight. I can't. And then what happens is if they've got the right mindset, they still they put the effort in. Those things start to fall in place, and before you know it, like Ross, two times area champion, so gold twice. Now in later this year going to be an international player so he's got an invite over to uh, Holland, Holland to go and fight as a as a, a player so what that means is you know let's put that in the right terms that it is that's an international judo player it's a, a, a GB competitor it's it's not that's pretty good it, it hasn't sunk in yet so <laughs> it's just it's overwhelming but it's, it's phenomenal and again it hard work pays off but it wouldn't have paid off without people like Gary, you know, supporting me, guidance. The team that we've got is, is off the scale. Again, we're all here to help each other. That's the way it goes. There's no egos down here. We're not fighting amongst ourselves. It's you help me, I help you. And that's the simple arrangement that we've got. Mm. I think one of, the things, one of the things that embodies that, which is often unusual, is we welcome all the martial arts, we welcome all the clubs. It's not closed. You know, we try to make the club as open as we can. Yeah. So, you know, th we're not hidden, but it's not the easiest place to fight. But <laughs> yeah, the opening times are there. There's no contracts. There's no direct debits. There's no big membership fees. If you want to train, you want to turn up, you turn up, you walk up the stairs, you put the money in the tin. And it goes any gender, ability, disability. We'll welcome anybody. Absolutely anybody. Yeah. No, that's, that's something I'm really proud of because I know, I know as a coach, that not all sports are the same. I know, um, as a parent, I know sports that my children have, are coaching and I'm, you know, I, I hold a high standard as coaches and there are coaches that, you know, I've seen and, you know, I'm not taking my children back there. That's not, that's not great behavior. Yeah. Coaches who've been successful, that's not great behavior. Mm. Because 
you know, one of them is is it is it is it really really skillful as a coach to 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 have a huge group of children to to whittle those down to the point where you've got the five or six best and you've effectively demoralised all the other ones you don't want so you can get the most able the fittest and that's what you can do yeah. get great results with that's not great coaching mm. great coaching is to take you can do that with the with the, the skilled ones but the great coaching is to do exceptional results with everybody not just the few you know we I'm really proud of the fact that you look at our map there isn't a judo type yeah you know either in age gender ability and disability you know, we don't we don't track ability. We don't track disability. We track effort. Mm. And and interestingly, I think one of the things is we have had. You know, sometimes our attitude to that can be a, can can surprise people. I think you know, I I can think of a couple of people. I I can't do that because I've got this particular disability. Yeah. Well, you can decide whether you want to be that the blocker. It isn't to me. So you can decide whether that's going to be a disability or it's just part of who you are and we're going to get on with it and therefore you don't get to raise that again. Yeah. And, and I think I think some people that, that have had challenges, they start to realise that, yeah, they, they know things are tough, but that's not something that is a blocker to them achieving something. So actually, it can be quite interesting because by saying, okay, you've got that, but we take you for who you are, you don't get to bring labels into the, the dojo. You can't bring a label up here. If you've got a bad leg, you've got a bad leg. That's part of who you are. We're not going to bother about your bad leg. We're going to help coach you so you can be a great player the best you can. But you don't get to mention that you've got a bad leg as a reason for not doing something. Mm. What do you think about that, about the way we try to hopefully uh, focus on inclusion? I think it's, again, about the whole mindset thing. I think people are quite used to putting barriers up and quite used to the whole no, no, no. Again, as you mentioned about there's coaches out there that only focus on the gold or the winning because they want that reputation, but yeah. they don't see the bigger picture, you know, and it, it's about knocking down the barrier, you know. Yeah, I've got a bad leg or I don't have a leg at all, you know what I mean? How can I work around that? And yeah. You've seen people on the internet that are inspirational, you know, no limbs, but they're still get, getting stuck in. If, I've always said it as simple as it is. If you want it bad enough, you'll always find a way, no matter what it is, no matter how minuscule the task is. If you genuinely want it that bad, you'll find a way with no excuses. It may take a while, could take years, decades, but you will find a way. Well, you've had, you've had some great success with uh, a player from St. Anne's. Absolutely, yeah. Um, Neil. Uh, Neil, yeah, he's a special needs national champion now. Uh, he's, he's got a hell of a story himself, which, again, he's been on radio shows. And he's, his life's <laughs> gonna, <laughs> will he tell you? Yeah, his, his life's been a complete 180, <laughs> but his journey in judo, he was one of them, another example where he wanted to do judo many years ago, and because of his needs, he, he wasn't included. Which is absolutely heartbreaking. Uh, they didn't. They didn't want to know. They wanted again the gold medalists. You know that these type. So he wasn't ever engaged in the class. They didn't want to know. He came to us. We accepted him with open arms, and I saw a champion. And that's exactly what he became. He put the work in. He wanted it bad enough, and we supported him and guided him. And now he's the British champion. Uh, potentially, again, we can get it arranged. He'll be fighting for European titles, and going from there. Uh, it's, even more expiring, he's only been doing the sport for eight months. Yeah, cool. He found a way. He had no barriers. Uh, we all know Neil. He, he loves it. <laughs> he embraces it, which is great. I told him that he has to embrace it. He has to enjoy his victories. He's, he's an absolute lovable guy. Heart of gold, that kid. 
I think judo is a good level because you know you, you say I think one of the things you embrace your victories you also learn to lose yeah <laughs> there we go people leaving and I think I think one of the things is if you if there's you you know ultimately it is a contest sport there's you there's somebody else on the mat in most cases one of you is going to walk off a winner and one a loser yeah. you know you can't get hung up on losing you're not going to have an undefeated record it doesn't work like that what's going to happen is you're going to work on sometimes you're going to win sometimes you're going to lose oh, but on ice breaks they're going to even out you know, even for someone who's who's an exceptional player, you're gonna have to go on with people who are gonna challenge you, and you're gonna lose. And that's that's a really big um, part of it. About really, yeah, absolutely, learn to celebrate winning, I but don't fear them. Don't fear losing. I think my journey competition-wise, I think it must have been at least three or four comps before I even got a single win. Yeah. In the whole tournaments, I went. I must have done three tournaments at least at the top of my head where I didn't get a single win. And again, the whole learning to lose thing, and now it's become you either win or learn, not win or lose. So the fact from day one, I was getting my butt kicked left, right, and centre, and then you get the experience, you build yourself up, you know, you get yourself confident, and then you start winning, which is again, it's a great feeling, absolutely. And if you're listening to this and you're in a sport and your coach says winning is everything, think about this: how you go to your competition and you lose, because most people when they first go are going to lose. How do you feel? Do you feel good or do you feel like you failed? What's your motivation to go back? How do you think your coach is going to think? So actually, one of the things that you know really throws people is when we go, we you know we've got people going to their first competitions, and we say, I, 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 we don't care whether you win or lose. We don't, and and that you really shouldn't take that as a as a thinking. We don't. We don't. Um, that winning doesn't matter. But what we're doing is, particularly in the early stages of competition and the early stages of players, we're setting the goals in things that people can achieve. And we don't, winning, if they can win, that's great. But success isn't winning, success is going to the competition. That's what is really critical to understand. And when you start to put, get rid of the fear, everything becomes possible. So you go to the competition and go, my coach is going to be over the moon that I went. Right, I'm going to make him proud because I'm going to try and do my best. There's no fear. You don't have to fear losing. Because if you fear, your coach is going to go, okay, tell me about what went well. And tell me about what we can learn. What didn't go well. And there will be things. We've all done things. I've been to the competition, you know. I've been to a competition and I got thrown. Why? I did this silly move. Okay? Have we worked on that? Yeah, but I still went and did it and I got jumped. Have you learned anything? Yeah, that's a really silly move and perhaps... I should have listened to the coach. And then you'll have other days and go, I, I, did, I came back, I've got a medal. What happened? The thing we've been working on, it worked. That thing, that, that throw, that practice, we've been, we've been really focusing on it, paid off. And then we can start to do things, start to make progress. But, you know, when I see kids coaches particularly, and I, I see it in, I don't see, I see it in football particularly, but a lot of um, girls and boys sports, which is we've got to win, losing is failure. No, it isn't. Mm. And what happens is we have kids who've played their socks off, who may have played a better team, who may have been a couple of players down, who might have had an ill goalie. They start to be blaming each other. They're feeling bad about the fact that they've given all their performance and they haven't won. Yeah. That's not great coaching. Mm. Having, having people feel bad about their effort is really bad. 
Yeah. And you know what? The kids don't stay. Because what happens is, in the early stages, they can, they can stay, the parents are taking them down. But they start to feel bad about losing. And this is one of the reasons we get, particularly with girls, we get such a tail off as we're getting to sport. Because they, they're not taught to, that sport is fun. They're not, sport, they're not taught that winning or losing doesn't matter ultimately. And, and that's not to say as a performance coach, I'm not going to do that. Because if you speak to Ross at now at a, a performance at an elite level, we work very much on winning mindsets and strategies to win. Yeah. But we never, ever fear losing. Mm. Because as soon as we do that, we start to impede our progress. We start to block ourselves to get better. Because if we fear losing, we just get stay with what's safe. And that might work for a while, but it won't work forever. And we need to grow. If we've got to grow, we've got to be able to risk f losing and, and not fear it. So what's, what's your thoughts around that? Oh, I've just been nodding my head for the last five minutes. Just, no, just agreeing with, like, you know, the Churchill dog, just nodding my head, honestly, just agreeing for the last five minutes of everything you're saying. It's absolutely spot on. I can't agree more. There's nothing more to say on it, you know. You just put a stamp on how, how coaching should be, really. And sport in general, whether it be martial art related or whatever, it, it should be fun. That's the very first thing that it should be. It should never be a chore, you know. You should never fear losing. Again, you win or you learn. And that's the way it is. Um, and like I said, again, it all goes back to the mindset thing. Since Gary took over as being the coach, we've had a, a great relationship. You have to have a good relationship with your coach in that respect. And since then, I've noticed that the wins, I've had more Ws in, the, in that column as opposed yeah. to the losing. Having a good relationship with your coach, having faith in your coach as well. There's, you know, there's more W's in that column, which again is a great feeling, but it's not the be all end all. Yeah. I'd rather go to a comp. I have my goals and I set my goals high, absolutely, but I'd rather outperform everybody on the day yeah. than win anything. I'd rather go home with performance of the day than, you know, the gold medalist. Mm. And I think, I think the relationship with the coach evolves. Sometimes you will have bad days, and. And you shouldn't. You should always feel that that door's open. So I think, hopefully, you test me out because this is going to work out right. Can I give this? <laughs> so there, there have been times when when an event hasn't gone to plan, uh, and and the right thing isn't to come down the next day and train super hard. You know, you think, well, surely I come back and I'm ah, not. No, the right thing is just to take a, couple, a week, a couple of weeks off. Yeah, just to stay away from the sport, just to, to get some time out, yeah. reset and know that the door is open and know that when you walk in, your coach isn't gonna go, right, what happened two weeks ago? Where have you been? <laughs> oh my God, have you been on the pies, dude? And, and you go, right, you can <laughs> That's tell. okay sometimes, <laughs> yeah. But actually, it, it actually, it's a game, that, that positive and go, okay. So, so you call up, often there's the big difference because you know, it'll be straight on the phone if it's gone well. If it hasn't, I'll be calling Yeah, you, you can tell, you can so tell how did it go? Gone. It didn't go well. <laughs> so you go, how do you feel? I was like, oh, I'm not feeling great. Okay, well, let that let the learn from it. Take a week off. Don't force it. How are you feeling? I'm I'm tired, physically or mentally, both. Okay, take a week off. Reset, recharge. Think about what you want to do positively, not negatively. Don't reflect on a bad day. Think about what you want to do positive. Come back when you want to achieve it. And so you don't feel bad about having a break. And I think one of the things that we really try and do is is try to make it so whether you've had a week off, you've had six months off or six years off, you can walk in and the, and the, the thing that you'll hear is, hi, great to see you, not where have you been? 
So I think that's hopefully one of the things that we have. But Apart mainly, from you, mainly, it depends on the person. Yeah, I Gal, what's that you used to do judo? <laughs> yeah. I get a lot. Oh yeah, we've seen you before. <laughs> <laughs> have we met? <laughs> but, I, but I think it, hopefully you do feel you do feel that. I hope I don't, that, that you feel that you're welcome back on. And actually, we miss you when you're not there, even though you say a podcast. <laughs> Hundred percent. Well, we always <laughs> we've always joked that you and your brother have one key between you. <laughs> we, we never see you, we never see you down at the same time. It's just one or the other with you guys, which which is always cool. But. So anyone we've not criticised yet? Well, we gather now. You could do word association if you, if you really want to <laughs> hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Oh, so I'm going to give some simple simple things for a coach. Yeah. Don't if if you're gonna if you're gonna spot a, a I'm not not that it's good or bad coaches but we know what's been successful about keeping the club and it's probably worth reflecting on 75, 75 years, years you know when you think of some of these things don't don't work with a coach who doesn't make you feel good about yourself don't work with a coach who has, isn't helping you be successful doesn't don't work with a coach who who doesn't have your interest at heart and cares about what you want to do it and that means the coach should, should not every session give you some tough sessions but you should never feel that they're not doing it and, and drive you for your interest uh, I know and if you, you go back and you feel that if, if you feel that your your coach really doesn't care about you don't work with them find another coach and, and if you ever here's, here's a quick one if you ever see a coach shout at a child find another coach straight away straight away there's no better indicator of a terrible coach than someone who shouts at a kid now that's, I say it as a parent, I see it far too often. I, I haven't said that, don't accept, don't, don't work with any coach who allows the kids to shout at them either. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, I think it doesn't, it's, you know, we talk about discipline and martial arts, but you know, you're not going to get well-rounded players if you've, if you've got a coach, and I do see it in other sports because I'm a parent. You see it in other sports and the, the ref's at, whoa, nine? And he's shouting that? You know? And um, I think one of, one of the good things about judo, compared to football, is uh, we have a we have a great one that, that we don't have parents shout out. We don't have to take abuse off parents at the side of the mat because we have something very simple. We invite them onto the mat. So if they think they yeah. can do better, you know, it doesn't. You know, they might have played football when they were a child, and they think they're still doing <laughs> their little nine-year-old is is you know a little. Um, uh, uh, messy in the making well if you if you want to shout out and comment on judo we can get you a game you can go and have a you yeah. can go and prove it with a with a bandwagon instructor and, say, <laughs> and then, then you know a lot of the parents suddenly learn to be very quiet very very quickly absolutely as long as it's not me doing that job I don't want to embarrass myself <laughs> <Okay. laughs> <laughs> well, you, you do get you do get some parents occasionally very good and, and to be honest that they would never make a noise they're the ones that yeah they're always respectful to be fair absolutely. it's you know it, it, another another interesting one is is um, I think in terms of children one of the interesting ones is is if you see a you see a really vocal parent in many cases what you've got is you've got a a, a, um, a, a child who's doing sport in spite of you know to, to, to try and please the parent not because yeah. the kid's enjoying it that's mm that will work so far but it's not a sustainable yeah. 
uh, we, we always thing. look I was going to say you, you just mentioned it then long term we're not looking short term quick fix money in the tin we're not looking for that oh god yeah. pay us too much don't, don't do judo if you want to make it always lose <laughs> every judo club we, we care about well, we care about the individual we don't care about the money obviously we don't make money from this you no know, we care about the individual we care about the opportunities we can provide people mm. and that's what Kirakwai is we I can come down here put the mats out sit down no one turns up I've still done my job because I've provided the opportunity yeah. for people to come down. So I'm never upset. It has happened before. I've come down, I've put the mats out, no one's turned up for me. Yeah. I've still done my job, I'm still happy. I've opened the door, I've provided the opportunity, mm. my job's done. I yeah. can go home and have a good night. Yeah, no, I think it was, it was brought home yesterday by um, Ronnie, the chief executive, or chairman, sorry, of British Judo, came down and he said, he said, well, I think you, you, you forget about this as a coach because you come down, you know, every week you're coming down for us, it's about, I think, 35, 36 weeks a year, every every day mm. during during the school's open. So about th- maybe a bit more, 35-ish weeks. Yeah. And, um, you know, he said that over the years, you, you've, you've, as a club, have benefited, you know, huge amounts of lives and you, you forget about it. You forget about all of those people, and they may only have come down for a few weeks or a few months or a few years, and you know their lives change. What you don't know is whether they've gone on and done judo elsewhere, whether they've picked it up again at university, yeah. whether they've moved, whether they've brought introduced their children to it later. So I think that I'm really proud of the club having, you know, really made a difference to a lot of lives in Blackpool. It is interesting how many people have, have got a connection to the club. It's amazing Huge. how. Again, it's crazy. Dan was uh, was on a cruise going around Italy and stuff, and he was wearing one of our shirts. Saint Anne's Dan. Saint Anne's Dan. I hope he doesn't listen to this podcast. He'd be killing me next week. But he was wearing one of our Kiriqui t-shirts on a cruise in Italy, and someone recognised it. I've been there. It's just amazing how many people you get talking. Oh, you do judo. Yeah. I used to do judo in uh, Blackpool River. That's where I went. Absolutely. Yeah. And, it's phenomenal, honestly, how many people, genuinely, around Blackpool particularly, have done judo at some point in their lives. No, I think it's, uh, it, it's really interesting because you can, it's a good, uh, it's a good um, opener as well. Good, not a bad thing to have on your CV. So it certainly helped me in one of my early jobs. So one of, one of the first jobs, it was, it was an interview within a government department and um, slightly different to Ross. It wasn't about the confidence, it was the fact I walked in and there was a panel of three people and one of the three people was an instructor at one of the other clubs and he just nodded at me <laughs> and uh, I nodded at him and uh, I thought this is going to be a good interview I don't think this is going to be a bad one so it went well and the, and the thing was it, it, it wasn't that it was uh, it, it wasn't flawed in any way but he, he, he could ask me a question about what I did yeah. and I could talk passionately about what I'd done and he could talk about well, how do you do that you know, you know how many times do you do it? Yeah. How do you fit it in with work? So you know, it's you know we often talk about the judo family. I think I think Kida Kwai is a pretty good for having uh, developed that. Very prestige. It's it's very rich in prestige. It's it's well we have these gatherings and you know I'm just in awe. I'm, I'm like a big kid again. You know I've, I've grown up with these guys. I obviously started. I've been doing judo close again. I'm trying to get the numbers right here. You'll call me out on this, but I'm trying to get. I've been doing judo about half my life. Yeah. Which ten years, eleven years? Yeah, come on. <laughs> Twenty twenty years old. <laughs> I'm looking at the I'm looking at the uh, the club's seventy five years, and I'm thinking, God, it's really old. And then I realise I've been doing judo for nearly half that. So that's that's a long time. I think any 
creeps up on you because suddenly, in, it, interestingly, the, the, very sadly, often the passing points are, are, are where passing people pass. Yeah. Where people pass by into the next life, you know, where they pass onwards. So I'm thinking, oh, die. That's what. Word of mouth. So no, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. What? Uh, oh, he's uh, he's he's passed on. Right. So yeah, Bob Disclose. And I think it, it's interesting because you, you, for years, I thought, you know, it, it's interesting how it catches up on you because for years I was I was coming down and I was training and there were a lot of instructors and experienced players who were who were there and more senior and then over time I, I, I start as a coach and I'm helping out and then I qualify as a coach and do more and more sessions but I'm still in my mind a player who's instructing and then you know the instructors who taught you are starting to retire and you know sadly some of them pass away and then it was a real it was a real shot for me a few years ago when in a relatively short space of time a couple of, within a couple of years a couple of people who've been really big influencers in my judo career um, passed on and then suddenly there isn't there aren't those people it's, it's you and it's down to you to carry the baton for the next generation because the people that you looked up to it, it's really it's really humbling but the people you looked up to, you're now the person that other people are looking up to. You, it's your responsibility to, to say the things that are going to be the right thing when they're feeling bad, to give them the, the advice that's going to make the difference in their, in their next fight, you know, and to, and to be that person to pass those lessons on. So I guess the next thing is what's I've got to pop it off, you know, pop off. No, then you take don't, over. Don't it. Give me that torch. So, hopefully, a few years. Soon. Yeah, don't give me that torch anytime soon. Absolutely. <laughs> but it, it is. It's weird. Like for me, it's it happened too fast. It really has happened too fast. Like you said, I've seen people come and go. I've only been here ten years, which is not a lot. Yeah. It's not, not a lot. Nothing. Ten years is like nothing years, compared to the seventy-five year history. But I've seen them all come and go, and the spot that I'm in now with the club again, it's just happened too fast. You know, and, and again, people are looking up to me, and I'm in positions where I'm responsible. It's scary, isn't it? It's, it's, it really is. Now, now I think about it, I never really thought about it. <laughs> now that you put it into my mind, I mean, you know, shaking like a leaf, thinking, oh my God, you know, it is it's absolutely frightening. But again, I can remember day one where we lined up in great order, lined at the very, very end because I didn't have a judo suit, and then you had your white belts, your red, your yellow, yeah. all the way up, and orange, again, Grades mean nothing. My sensei was a blue belt. Never had a black belt. Doesn't mean anything. Yeah, Jamie, respect. if you're listening, come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. But and again, I was just in awe, you know. And now I'm stood where he was, and again, I feel indebted. I still haven't sunk in. No, I, I I remember getting my first suit. Yeah, very special, and it was, and it, and I think I was gonna say in those days, a, a lot of the it's still the case, but not quite as bad. But in those days, a lot of the a lot of the the, the cheaper suits were very quite a yellow yeah, fabric. Yeah, now, right. now luckily, the, the the they're all a lot whiter. But you, what you used to have was all the black belts had these super white suits, and all the beginners had these yellow <laughs> with the names engraved on it. Yeah, these yeah. yellowy <laughs> white suits. Nowadays, most people end up with a with a pretty white suit. But it was uh, 
it was an interesting as, as you went through the grades and you bought a better and better judo suit and it got whiter <laughs> or, or your yellowy one got was washed and it slowly oh. bleached out with all the wash oh, power I'm looking at time. mine now <laughs> like I said I had to go and splash out and get one engraved didn't I but no, you're absolutely right. How I was just so concerned. I just wanted yeah, if you could to see this, you could see. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not flash. It's stitched in with your name <laughs> in gold lettering on your suit. Yeah, very nice. Oh, I don't have that. My brother would tell you why. Well, I, I got I got bounced left, right, and centre the first time I wore this. I tell you that everybody was gunning for me that night. Posh suit. <laughs> everybody was gunning for me. Yeah. So was it? Did, yeah, very nice. It's nice, it's like yeah, it's worth the extra. <laughs> yeah, because in case you lose your suit, at least someone can <laughs> get it back. And yeah. Just, oh, no, this belongs to. It's oh, end up in the charity shop somewhere. <laughs> well, that's some suits we found. The amount of judo suits that we've lent out here, and I've gone to a charity shop and found them going for two quid. <laughs> and we bought our back our own judo suits. Nice. Yeah, if you're listening and you've got a suit, bring it back. <laughs> Don't put it yeah, in the charity it's shop. It's pretty quite in Byron in the collar. <laughs> I found it in the charity shop. That's honestly that's so common. You would not believe. Yeah, so we try we try to keep some of them in the building now. <laughs> yeah, they just escaped up though, as if they got the legs of their own. <laughs> Off the another judo suit gone. So um, what's for the next seventy five years, I guess? What's for the next seventy five years? Absolutely. You'll be still here in seventy five years, I won't. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, potentially. No, well, <laughs> I, no, for me, potentially, I yeah, suppose. Cheers. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Try and keep yourself healthy. But absolutely what anybody wants it to be. This is the way I say it. Whatever you want it to be. You might have been like, the showers fixed by then. Well, the, the showers <laughs> do work. The showers do work. Okay. Warm showers? Warm showers. That's the way we need it to be. <laughs> Old style showers. <laughs> I don't dare jump in there. I've got shaking like a leaf. Oh, was that like years ago? It used to be a thing to go into the showers and the freezing. No, well, like a dare or something, or just get in, get showered, and just push them in. Yeah, freezing cold. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I can tell you, you know, how do you, you know how long have you been coming? I've been coming long enough that I know when the showers worked. Yeah, they were warm. Yeah, <laughs> I, I remember when they worked as well. Well, if if you're a plumber in the Blackpool area and you know how to get showers working with. Welcome to the show. Big shout out for plumbers. We like plumbers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did like people, window guys, and uh, we sort the windows. So, window guys are top. And uh, heating engineers, we yeah, sort the heating them. out there, top guys as well. That, that's normally what we ask you when you come down, what's your profession? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you're really short of your plumbers. The first aid supplies are good. I'm not yeah. mentioning any new members. Yeah. But our first aid supplies are pretty good. We've had the uh, counsellors. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mr. CC, when you listen to this. Oh, that's the first thing we ask. Yeah, how are you doing? You've done judo before. What's your profession? <laughs> Can you help us out? Can you help our building? Can you help our club in any way? Yeah. You're not a plumber. Oh. Do you know any plumbers? <laughs> we had an electrician once. A podcaster. And a podcaster, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, if you need a podcaster. But we can use it. You're not a plumber, are you? No. Oh, I knew the old bit of plumbing I did at my old job, but that's about it. That's as far as my uh, knowledge goes. That's like fixing the urinal. Just. Well, you never know. Welcome to that. Are <laughs> <laughs> no, you committed to it? No. You're giving it 100%. <laughs> no. Right. Stick to the podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Gary. Goodness gracious me. Well, no, like I've said. You know, how did you get into judo anyway? Let's flip, flip the coin, I say. Let's flip the coin here. How did you get into judo? Because my, my brother came down because he wanted to. He did taekwondo 
and he was saw he good it. at that? He got uh, the belt before black, so red. Oh, wow. tag. He's better than, yeah, he's, he's black tag, more I think it was. Man, he must have turned up more. We're not seeing it yet. We saw it at the party yesterday. Because he saw the poster in the sandwich shop. Yeah. Because that was the go to place for me to put the posters up. Yeah. They were always willing to put. In fact, they had like the line of posters over the years. They never took them down. No. So, yeah. yeah. So, your brother got peckish, and that's why you started judo. Yeah. <laughs> I needed a go to to lose some weight. <laughs> so. nothing, old, nothing better than <laughs> down here, to be fair, in terms of burning calories, if you will. No, and it's it's one of the top five, three, top three sports, I think, for fitness, all round fitness. So, not only is it good for your heart, but it's, you know, if you if you haven't done judo before, you uh, come down. Come down to a session, and you'll you'll have a very positive uh, feeling of um, achievement the next day. You, you get away a bit, and <laughs> um, it's sometimes very interesting. We get people come down who uh, you know think, "Oh, I'm really fit. I'm gonna I'm gonna absolutely do this." And then they'll feel the same the next day. They get away. It's, it's a different kind of fitness. I see it all the time. You know, you can get a footballer fit as a butcher's dog come down here. Blowing out his backside in five yeah. minutes. I'm the same. I'm conditioned for judo. I can get on the football field and I'll be absolutely dead by two minutes. You know what I mean? Near football is far too dangerous. Yeah, I've, I've, <laughs> I'm into football. No chance. No chance. But I tell you what, football referee. That's a job I couldn't do. I, I'm, I'm ready to start knitting or something. You know, but maybe chess, chess or knitting for me. I need to it safer. But so, um, for someone who wants to, if they're listening to this thing you're doing judo, what advice would you give them? Don't overthink it. Turn up. So all you've got to do is, uh, if you've got any rings or metal or studs, take them off. It's 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 much easier if you turn up without things rather than we have to mention them and you've got to go off to the bathroom and take studs and piercings out. So take any metal off. Wear some old joggers. Um, make sure your toes are reasonably toenails are cut back so we don't we don't risk snapping those or um, catching those on anything and then come and have a go if you don't like it we'll say thank you and that's okay yeah there's no pressure there's no you don't have to sneak out or make excuses if, if it's really not for you it's not for you it's not for you welcome that and my advice is just come down and enjoy it as simple as that come just, have a go. you've got to enjoy it it can't never be a chore come down enjoy yourself it's not for you it's not for you you might find you can beat Ross up yeah, I'm <laughs> sure you can <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, but I, I think we should just go out. Like I said, seventy fifth year. Anyone listening to the podcast, whatever, come down, get a free month for judo. All of February three. So a free day, a free session has just become a free month now, just because they listen to the podcast. Hundred percent. There you go. <laughs> so there we go. We're not sponsored or anything. We're so not getting... <laughs> at the point where we said judo made no money, it's just guaranteed it makes no money. To celebrate the seventy fifth year. If you're willing to, if, to give judo a try, we'll give you a free month. Yeah. Simple as that. Again, all we're doing is just providing opportunity. Give someone an inch and hopefully they'll take a mile. Well, we can challenge people. You, if you're good enough, come on. <laughs> <laughs> you no, said that's that the quite way, sinister no, way of putting it. I, I, you know, I'm really... Sometimes this isn't a... You know, we, we, as we said right at the start, that there isn't a judo type. Yeah? yeah. You, can't be, you can't be overweight for judo. You can't be too tall. You can't be too short. Well, if you was, I, if you were too short, I wouldn't be doing it. But... <laughs> it, it, there isn't a judo type because the point is that you, you you learn to work with what you've got which is where you never have to apologise for your body you don't have to apologise if you've got a few pounds judo is a weight band sport yeah. so if you've got a bit you're a bit bigger that's okay if you're not fit that's okay too yeah. 
what we'll do is we'll help you understand how you can get the best out of what you've got and never complain about it. Yeah. But you will improve. You won't do, you can't do a f judo for a few weeks, a few months and not feel better. Yeah. You'll ache a bit at first, but it'll be a good ache and you'll feel really proud. Mm. And if you come back, next time you'll ache a bit less. Okay, maybe not. A little bit less, a little bit less. But uh, you'll certainly see the, see the difference in the achievement. And your friends will as well. I think they'll they'll notice it. You, you do, do a couple of years of judo, and if we were videoing you, you'd walk different. Yeah. You, you'd walk with a, you know, not only would you posture be better, but you'd be more confident. Yeah. yeah. So, um, if and so newbie wants to try you do four when, weeks when thanks you... Ross four three weeks four weeks <laughs> if you mention if you mention the word I could have got the mention the year. podcast <laughs> if you mention the podcast okay so you've got to quote the podcast you've got to quote the podcast weeks. yeah okay Lost Start a Podcast Lost Start a Podcasting Podcasting <laughs> Podcasting say that five times first so yeah if you quote the um, podcast you get a free month and that's on me. I know. I know they're going to be chasing me now. <laughs> so, so this goes out to like um, a school, and the school class decides, or a year decides, they want to do it. And we get like 20, 30 students down. Ross is absolutely <laughs> the coach. I'll, I'll get the round of drinks. Four weeks. <laughs> Four weeks for absolutely. Uh, come um, down. Yeah. So, um, You're welcome. W w when can we come down then? So when, when are we open? When's the club open? So Mondays. <laughs> yeah. Um, Juniors, six till seven. Adults, if you come down for about quarter past seven till nine o'clock. So if you come down for about quarter past seven, that'll give you time to fill the membership form in. Again, we don't charge you, but we need to know. Um, we just talk through. We joke about this, but obviously we take health and safety very seriously, and we want to make sure that um, anything that that um, is perhaps going to be a uh, we need to be aware of. We are. We've got your emergency contact details, nothing surprising, there's nothing hugely personal, but we just get go through all the um, uh, the forms to make sure we're safe and legally compliant. Oh. And then, um, <laughs> and the lights have gone off. Very oh, eco-efficient. It's not a timer, isn't it? Yeah. You know that, yeah. Eco-efficient. Yeah. And, then, and then off you go. So, yeah. Monday, quarter past seven till nine o'clock. Thursday, seven till half eight. Till nine. Till nine. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bonus half an hour. And then we've got Three or four weeks free. We've got another club in St Anne. Same club, different location. That'll be Wednesdays. Uh, we've got kids classes from half four onwards and adult classes half six. But yeah, obviously the the power to the club is on a timer. <laughs> <laughs> it's just gone completely. And then I'm not dressed yet. I'm barefoot as well. It's going to be like Home Alone getting down these stairs. Absolute nightmare. Oh dear. <laughs> Just wait till you get an iron in the face. <laughs> an iron in the foot. nail in the foot. Set your hair alike. Oh, I'm dreading getting down these steps now. That's oh. right, I've got a torch. You do the, um, the lost art of falling down <laughs> Yeah, so, so come down. So this is the end of my judo career. Mondays, yeah. quarter past seven. No charge, because Ross has just given four weeks free, if you mention lost art of podcasting. And, um, cheap plug. Cheap plugs <laughs> all the way. Yeah, and then... Um, Thursdays, seven till nine now. Yeah, we've extended that. Yeah, so yeah, and opportunity. Um, costs four pound per session. First four sessions free. <laughs> oh, Ross, what have you done? It's so why, why do you keep hitting me when you're saying that? You will not find a cheaper martial arts club with anywhere near the quality of coaching that Ross yeah. will give you with his full of In February. Oh, yeah, I'll put the money in the tin. Don't so. worry. <laughs>
<laughs> if you're um, selling your car it's a lot of people turn up <laughs> well, I think that's everything gents so thank you very much no, for staying it. late thank and you. doing this cheers Adam thank you um, well again thank you from Ross and thank, thank you. you Gary cheers uh, this has been the Lost Art Podcasting I've been Coxie he's been Ross he's been Gary and you've been listening thank you very much Perception. Everybody can learn judo. Everybody can learn judo. Everybody can learn judo. Everybody judo. Everybody can learn judo. Everybody can learn judo. Everybody can learn judo. Everybody judo. No pain, no gain, no guts, no glory. This is the story of lifelong learning. Respect for others, including myself. Humility, good sportsmanship, good for my health. To excel in competition, I'm confident. Let them run at me, step to the side, now rock this chair. I'd rather love you, it's easier, not going peace. A goal set for me, it's one within reach. I'm a better fellow, I am focused. It's hard work, it's dojo, not hocus pocus. Maximize my efficiency, feel, ki pine, believe, I can achieve. Do my body good, then I will receive. If this sounds like you, judo has what you need. Do my body good then I will receive if it sounds like you judo has what you need Everybody can like judo Everybody can like judo Everybody can like judo Everybody judo Everybody can like judo Everybody can like judo Everybody can like judo Everybody